Hey, good morning everyone. Great to be with you today. Been a little while, and uh, but uh, awesome to be here. Good to have Pastor Mike and Liz back from traveling the world and Elam Global. It's exciting what God is doing through our missions and Elam Global. Really just thrilled with that and uh, we just see that just developing, becoming something really, really huge. We're, I guess getting around the campuses like I do and uh, uh, the exciting thing is that the problems, we've got are growth problems. And uh, we're just sort of running out of room in some of our venues out at Franklin. We're um, running out of room in the building there, so we've just leased a, a, a factory, and uh, it's going through the council at the moment, and uh, that'll give us the capacity to have twice the seating that we've got now, plus a seven-day-week uh, facility. I know we've got land out there, but we're a few years away from building on the land, and uh, we have an application for a secondary school in with the Ministry of Education at the moment, uh, but with the change of government, that's all painfully slow at the moment. Not much coming out of uh, the government at the moment. Um, in the south, we just uh, got architects drawing up plans with, uh, uh, with outgrowing the chapel there on the south side and the warehouse where the Jehovah's Witness used to own that property where they used to print their Watchtower magazine. Uh, it's now becoming a, a, will become a very nice auditorium. Uh, we'll be able to seat 600 in there with plans to extend it to 1,000. Uh, so it's really exciting to develop that. In the east, we've got uh, uh, the middle school is almost completed. That's a $13.5 million expansion of the uh, school there. So that's going to be uh, open uh, later in the uh, year. And uh, they'll move into that for next year. So it's just exciting things that are happening around the place and really good just to hear. get the feedback from uh, all you guys and the exciting things that you're doing here in the heart of the city. Very, very good. I just want to share a few thoughts, just uh, perhaps a little bit along that line of what God is doing in our midst. Just want to talk about the seed of destiny today. You know, if you read the, uh, the New Testament, it says that uh, the Old Testament teaches us uh, principles, it teaches us things which are examples to us, the, the people that lived in the Old Testament, the stories of the Old Testament, they're not just stories there, uh, but they teach us examples of the ways of God, how God moves, and that uh, we can learn from those. And so one of the characters that I've really been blessed by in the Old Testament is Abraham. Uh, his life stories are amazing. I've learned a lot about faith through uh, his life. And really, I guess a verse that dominated my ministry became almost like my uh, uh, life verse for ministry comes from the story of Abraham. It's when God spoke to him. You've got in your notes there in Genesis chapter 13 and verse 14, it says this. It says, And the Lord said to Abram after Lot had parted from him, Look around from where you are to the north and south to the east and west. All the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring or your seed forever. Just like my life verse when we first started the church in, in Howick, we were meeting in Howick Intermediate School Hall, and so the church offices were my garage. And uh, so uh, I took a roller door out and put a door and a window in there and had a desk. And then above my desk on the wall, I had a picture of Howick and Pakaranga, and I wrote this verse underneath. So every time I was working away, I looked up, I saw the land, and this verse was underneath it. All the land that you see from the north, south, east, and the west, uh, I will give to you and your offspring or your seed forever. It was like a prophetic word from God for this new church uh, that we were starting. In my limited understanding... Uh, for me, this verse meant this community of East Auckland. And uh, as, that was as far as my eyes could see. I was happy with that. 
uh, in the Harakampakaranga area. There were about 60,000 people living there in the East Tamaki Corridor, which was going to go through to Manukau City. Uh, another 40,000 were planned uh, to go in there. I thought, 100,000 people. That's enough to keep me happy for the rest of my life. That'll keep me busy. I, and that was as far as I could see. How many know that God's ways are not our ways and God's thoughts are not our ways? Aren't you happy that God is not limited to our understanding? Today, God has done exceedingly above anything which I had any sort of understanding of way back there. Abraham, he carried this promise from God in his life. He left Ur where uh, he grew up. Uh, as far as we know, Ur was a very sophisticated city uh, in its day. He left there, and he, now he's living in a tent. He must have wondered why he left the security of this very modern city uh, to take his family out into like a wilderness area and, and to live uh, in a tent and to face an uncertain future. I remember feeling a little bit the same way. We left the church that we uh, had been pastoring, left the security of a building and a salary. We had some staff there. And to start something new with no guarantees, and it was like scary. It was stepping into the unknown. We had four children at the time, and uh, so it was a real step of faith. And so when God came and said to Abraham, he said, I'm going to give you the land. What a relief that must have been for him. You know, I've left the security of the city. I'm into an uncertain future. God is going to give me some land. I've got some land. I can farm it. I can build a house. I've got something that I'll be able to leave to my children uh, when I pass away. Abraham was thinking about land for himself and for his family, but God was thinking generations. See, God is no man's debtor. Whatever God asks you to do, God will give back to you abundantly. Uh, he is no man's debtor. Thirteen years later, God appears again to Abram. Chapter, Genesis chapter 17, verse 1 to 7. So as Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You'll be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. And I will make you very fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. And I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. This is the first voice that Abraham hears from God for 13 long years. You know, sometimes it's not so much the times that speak, God speaks to us that we need to highlight. It's the periods of silence when we hear absolutely nothing at all from God. It's not so much that I need faith when God is speaking to me. When I know what God is saying to me, I'm ready to go. You know, like I'm right, I'm confident, God's spoken, I got a word from him, I'm off, I'm ready to go. But it's the times when God doesn't speak. It's the times when the heavens are silent. You know, you, you know that feeling, if you've been through that, it's like, God, where are you? It's like the heavens are brass and it's like God's died or something like that. Where are you? Have you ever felt like that? What happens in these times? It's what I want to talk a little bit about this morning. You know, what happens in these times of silence? The first thing I want to say to you is that God brings us to an end of ourselves. 
He brings us to an end of ourselves. Think how much had changed in the 13 years since God last spoke to Abraham. Think how much life had changed in those 13 years. 13 years, God said nothing, but God saw everything. You know, he looked, he's looking and, and here's Abraham in his own strength. He's trying to carry out the promises of God. He's trying to accomplish the promises of God in his own strength. And he's just making one mistake after another mistake. And God says absolutely nothing. They'd taken in Hagar, if you know the story. And remember there was, uh, 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 Ishmael was born. And, uh, you know, Sarah said, I'm not going to have any children of my age. And so, you know, take my handmaiden and have a child to my handmaiden. Abraham thought that was a good idea. They're trying to bring about in their own strength the promises of God. It was like failure after failure after failure. And God saw it all. You may not see God in those times of silence, but God sees you. And God interrupts. After this 13 years of silence, it's like almost like Abraham. He must have felt like a seed that was just like buried in the ground. Absolutely darkness, nothing. After 13 years of silence, Abraham had tried everything he could to bring about the promises of God in his own strength. I can remember sensing the call of God in my own life to be a pastor. I had my own business. I used to make furniture and... and uh, then I also used to make some boat seats for a, a crowd that were making boats and, and they went bankrupt. And uh, they were one of my biggest customers and so I, uh, I thought, well, I'll wind up my business and I'll go to Bible college. I was sensing this call to be a pastor. And uh, the Bible college didn't have any accommodation for married families. We had two children at that time. And uh, so we brought a caravan we lived in the caravan while we went to Bible college with an awning out the side and a dirt floor. Marilyn really loved that. Two preschoolers crawling around. That was like a lot of joy, you know. And uh, after Bible college, no door opened for ministry. If someone had said to me, there's a church in Timbuktu or 30 people looking for a pastor, I would have packed the children and Marilyn in the car and it would have been gone. But no door opened. And so oh, I went back to working for myself for uh, a little while and... and uh, then I thought, well, I'd like to go and live in a, a different culture. Didn't want to go and live in Australia. I thought, living in Australia, you know, with Australians, that's like, you know, I don't want to go and live in Australia. Uh, so we went and lived in Vanuatu for a little while. I got a job up there. And uh, finally, uh, we came back and still no door open for ministry. A friend of mine was building swimming pools. So I went and worked for him for a while, building swimming pools. Still believing that I had this call from God over my life for ministry. I'd always had problems with my ears when I was just a young boy, about 11, uh, swimming on my uncle's farm. My ears all perforated and, and uh, had a lot of problems right through my teenage years. And then when we were living up in Vanuatu in the uh, coral water, uh, they really got aggravated. And so by the time we came back, uh, they were really bad and, and uh, uh, the specialist was working on them, getting them ready, so he could operate and put skin grafts on the uh, perforations of my eardrums. In the meantime, I had a big lump come up on the side of my face. My see got a little bit of a dip there, and they thought it was uh, a tumor on the product gland. And so they cut me down here and to open it up and take it out. Fortunately, it wasn't a tumor, but when they put the sterilizing solution around, it went down through my ear, through the hole in my eardrum, and took away my hearing. And so... I'm deaf in my left ear, still deaf in my left ear today. So I had no hearing in my left ear, and I only had about 60% hearing in my right ear because of the hole in the drum. I couldn't hear. 
And I gave up the dream. I thought, I can never be a pastor. I can't hear people. Someone would be talking to me. They'd tell me that their cat had died and the dog had jumped off the roof. And I'm saying, praise God, awesome, that's fantastic. You know, I didn't have a clue what they were saying. You know, I said, like, so I can never be a pastor. About two months later, the elders of the church that I was attending asked me if I would become the pastor of the church. I don't know why. Maybe I didn't have anyone else. But anyway, the church grew like crazy. We pastored there for about three years. The church grew like crazy. And then we started the Elam Church. And, and again, God blessed us. Uh, we have what we have today with the five campuses. Uh, they say we, there's about 12,500 people linked into the uh, church today. Over 1,200 students in our Bible college. We've got 65 students in our uh, Elam Leadership College. We have uh, around 200 staff. Assets over around about $80 million. You know, when we come to the end of ourselves, then finally God can work. So the Lord appeared to Abraham after 13 years and says, I am God Almighty. Verse 3, it says that Abraham fell on his face before him and God began to speak to Abraham as only God can speak. He says, your name shall no longer be called Abram, it shall be called Abraham. It was not a suggestion it was not a request, it was a command. He says, now I've showed up after 13 years of you trying to fulfill my purposes in your own strength, now I am showing up to show you who you really are. You've wasted all that effort and now I'm going to come and show you what you can do in my strength. You know, there are some truths that God cannot tell you in earlier times because you haven't been through enough stuff to prepare you for what God wants to do in your life sometimes we have to go through some failures to destroy the ideas that we have in our own minds to bring us to our knees so that finally God can bring us to a place where he can work sometimes we have to go through a process before we can get to the promise see if God tried to speak to us when our minds are full of all opinions of our own opinions there would be a war that would go on in our minds with God's will trying to fight our will God has to bring us to an end of ourselves when we bring us to a place almost of total failure. Then we realize that we're not as smart as we thought we were. You know, we're not as bright as we thought we were. We're not as good as what we thought we were. He brings us to a place where we come almost like to the end of a rope and then God shows up. So after 13 years, God shows up with all the patience of an eternal being. You know, he is unmoved by time. God can wait it out. See, if you, if you think you're tough, if you think you're stubborn, God says, I've got more time than what you've got. He says, I can afford to wait. He is eternal. He'll let us squirm and struggle in our, our own strength, in our own mind, and then he can speak and he can speak because he is the ancient of days. He is the beginning and the end. He is almighty God. So God appears to Abram and says, you've tried everything in your own strength. Now I'm going to show you who you really are. I can imagine Abraham thinking, why didn't you do it when I was younger? You know, why didn't you do this when, when I was settled into a home and had a good place in life? Why, why didn't you do this when I was a 20-year-old? Maybe then I could believe 40 even, 60, getting a bit past it. You know, why, why didn't you do it? But 99, 
It's impossible. And God says, now I'm doing, going to do it because I am God Almighty. 99 years means nothing to me. He says, now I'm going to bless you. God says that you weren't ready to do it earlier. I had to take you through a process. I had to get you to the, before I could get you to the promise. You weren't ready to receive on that level, but now I brought you to a place where you can receive from me. See, just when you've given up, just when everything looks hopeless, God says, now I'm going to bless you. But it looks impossible. God says, now I'm going to show you who you really are. God brings us to an end of ourselves. Second thing I want to say to you today is that circumstances mean nothing against the word of God. Circumstances mean nothing. When I was 38, and uh, uh, we were 38 when Marilyn and I, we started the church out at Halleck. And, uh, you know, some of our younger leaders are doing amazing work in ministry. Some of our young leaders have been involved in ministry for 15 years and are still younger than what I were when we started the church. I think what an amazing future they have. You know, the young Pastor Bex out at our she's been preaching in the church out there since she was a 16-year-old. Man, at 16, I'd rather have been facing a forward pack in rugby than standing up in front of a, a church and, and preaching. I think, God, I'm 71 now. Why didn't you give me more time? You know, how much more we could have done? How much more we could have done? Do you know that God can do more in a moment than what we can do in a lifetime in our own strength? He is God Almighty. It's not just a calling, but there's a timing. You know, the Bible says that an inheritance easily gained is hastily lost. That's so true, isn't it? See, people that come in and win a lotto and it disappears, you know, within a couple of years, it's all gone again. An inheritance hastily gained is easily lost. You may have a calling from God, but you are not yet ready for that calling that God has over your life. And God, when he's ready, he calls us out who we really are. You're no longer Abram. You're going to be called Abraham. It's a destiny change. God comes and he's ready to bless you and he'll make everything line up. He'll bring all the things in order because he is God Almighty. Sarah was past childbearing, but when God's seed hits a dead thing, it brings it back to life again. God calls this old man a father of many nations. Sounded crazy. When God called me to be a pastor, it sounded crazy. I was the most shy, introverted person. Marilyn's mother, my mother-in-law, she used to say to Marilyn, that boy drives me crazy. He just says nothing. <laughs> he drives me crazy, you know. You know that God takes the foolish things of this world. That's how you know it's God. He calls you to do something that is beyond your human ability. He asks you to do something that you cannot do without him. He asks you to do something that doesn't fit in with your circumstances or your situation. It may be your body, but it's going to be his seed. It may be your mouth, but it's going to be his voice. It may be your hand, but it's going to be his strength. It may be your mind, but it's going to be his intelligence. Because the battle is not yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. See, his seed of destiny over our life, it hits something that looks dead, that looks impossible. And it brings it back to life again. Circumstances mean nothing against God's word. And the third point is, it's a seed in you that God wants. It's a seed in you that God wants. After 13 years of silence, God didn't just come to talk to Abraham, but he came to talk about what was in him. There were nations in Abraham. 
See, the fight is always over what is in you. See, the, the enemy's not fighting over you for where you are right now. The enemy's fighting, fighting over the potential that is in you for the future. He's, fight, he's not fighting, you know, he's fighting over what's next. He's fighting over that un, unborn potential that you have in your life. God says to Abraham, you're talking to me about one child. I'm talking to you about nations. I'm coming to talk to you about generations. There are nations that are going to come out of your body. See, maybe you're talking to God about next week's pay packet. You know, how am I going to get through next week? He's talking to you about 20 years down the road. See, you're talking about God, how are you going to get through next month? He's talking to you about generations. See, he allows you to have a struggle because there are things that are only produced inside of you that are produced through a struggle. They are not produced in the good times when we, that of life we go through. There are nations inside of you. Sitting here today, there are nations inside of you. See, there, there are churches inside of you. There, there are businesses inside of you. You know, for musicians, there are songs inside of you. For educators, there are schools in, in, inside of you. There, there are great-great-grandchildren inside of you. you. We're not just living for today. And in spite of our rebellion and our craziness, God keeps us and he sustains us for his divine purposes. He says, I'm going to make you a father. I'm going to make you a life giver. I'm going to make you productive. I'm going to put things in you that life didn't give you. I'm going to make up for what you lack. Why? Because I am God Almighty and there is no other like me. The fourth thing I just want to say is that your seed will influence generations. Your seed will influence generations. God says, I didn't come down here to talk to you about what house to live in or what clothes to wear or what food to eat. You know, God's interested in the everyday things of life and, you know, we encourage people to daily commune with God and talk about issues with God. But God's come also to talk to us about generations. See, there's something inside of you that God wants to use. He says, I want to make you a father of nations. See, I think we've got to be careful we don't just reduce God to every little decision that comes our way and, 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 and that's the extent to which we're communicating with God. God's given you a brain to sort that stuff out for yourself. He says, use your brains. You know, you sort it out yourself. Use your common sense. He's talking about generations. He's talking about nations. He says to Abraham, I'm going to give you a seed even though your body has shut down, even though your circumstances have, have closed, the conditions are adverse for what the prophecy says over your life. He says, that's how you're going to know that it's me. The Bible says that when Abraham's seed, which was really God's seed, hit Sarah's womb, went down through 42 generations, hit Sarah's womb, birthed life in her womb, carried on down through generations to us today. That's how God works. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 6 to 9, it says this. It said, so also Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Then it says this. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scriptures foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles. The Gentiles as the non-Jews, talking about you and I, uh, will justify you and I by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All the nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. In verse 14 it said, 
Christ redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ. See, if you are a person of faith today, Abraham's seed is inside of you. We are called to be a people of faith that will father generations. What a tremendous calling that's over us as the people of God. You know, Abraham's seed is inside of us. I look around at what is happening through our children's ministry and, and our youth ministry, lives that have been touched. I look at the leaders that we're training across the nation through our Elam Leadership College. I look at the hundreds of thousands of children that are passing through our school. I look at the nations of the world that we're involved in and in missions. God is blessing the nations and the generations through our ministry here. It's exciting to be part of it. You know, I want, to be, I want to live for something that is bigger than the little world inside of my mind. I want to live for something which will serve for generations. We're not just building today. We're called to influence generations. There's a seed inside of you that is placed there by God. It is eternal. It's a calling that we have over our life. It is exciting. You know, we, we should... Man, there's something of a sense of destiny should, should grip our lives, should grip the way that we live, the, should grip the way that we handle our finances, should, you know, it should consume everything that we do. There is a seed inside of us that has come down through the generations and will continue on down through the generations to bless. When God first called Abraham, he spoke this promise over his life. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 to 3, he said, I will make you into a, a great nation and I will bless you. And I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And then it says, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. You are a child of Abraham today. If you're a person of faith, you carry that seed inside of you to bless all the peoples of the earth. What an exciting calling. What an exciting destiny that God has got for us. Amen. Let's just pray. Father, I just pray that something of the destiny that you have for our life will grip our hearts. Lord, will transform our lives, will consume our passion and our destiny. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that as a people, we will not be complacent, O oh God, but we will take what you've done. We'll take that seed which is eternal and use it for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.